On this episode of Jesus Center Stage, we talk marriage with Brother Stephen Taylor. He's an evangelist, a teacher, a missionary, and soon-to-be husband, and we discuss the importance of keeping Jesus center stage in your marriage. All right, so we, uh, we're here today. with a, It's a big day. We got our first-ever call-in guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been kind of uh, hyping this up for the past few weeks. Uh, I had a, a listener just a couple days ago ask me if, if this week's podcast was going to be um, on the marriage and uh, our special guest. So uh, we've been we saving are. this topic. We've been saving it, and uh, and our guest is is here on the line with us now. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and introduce this is Stephen Taylor, and uh, he's in Texas, and we'll be headed to Texas uh, here before too long. And uh, so you you still there with us, Stephen? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. How's well, it going, everybody? Tell uh tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you how you know us. Be nice. <laughs> well, if you want me to be nice, I probably need to hold back some of the truth. But uh, <laughs> we'll 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 be nice and no, uh, I I know I know this amazing couple by um, I first met Sister Elsie. We went to school together and uh, at Bible school that is in Alabama at Refuge Church. Refuge School of Ministry, so we attended there, and um, uh, we went there. It was both of our first year together, so uh, we spent that whole first year in the school together. Uh, began to form a form a friendship that's lasted till now. I went back for a second year. She kind of backslid and decided to go <laughs> home anyway. So uh, <laughs> no, she she she. The Lord took her a different route, and uh, I've. I think I've only seen her a handful of times actually since then, and that was, oh, that was going on five years ago. But um, uh, you know, whoa, she's able whoa, to... whoa, whoa! That wasn't five years ago that you saw me last. It's five years ago when you met. Him. No, no, no. Five years ago when we met you. When oh, I met you. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, going on five years ago then, and uh, I was <clears throat> privileged to be. Uh, I mean, this topics on marriage, but I was privileged to be at their wedding. Um, actually, I was a I was a groomsman in the wedding, so I got to be a part of their their big day, and was there for that. And I've been back at their church where they are assistant pastors there, and uh, has have held revivals for them, and uh, been able to be there with them and. Uh, on a few different occasions, so it's it's been good. Got to know Brother Shane through that. Have a lot of respect for him, and uh, a lot of respect for him. Still have a little for Sister Elsie, and um, we're we're working on that though. <laughs> but uh, our respect for her went up went up a lot when uh, when she when she decided to marry Brother Shane. So, go uh, so. And there goes the phone call. Somebody yeah. calling in already, telling yeah. me get this preacher <laughs> off the line. Yeah, the one time uh, we forgot to turn our volumes down. That was uh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so here, yes, you know, when when you came to to be in our wedding, it it was really no big deal to us. We just thought you just showed up. But now, when we're planning to come to yours, we realize just how far away it is. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit of a drive that it is. Yeah, and what you guys, uh, you guys are flying, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We we decided to fly. I think it was a twelve to fourteen hour drive, maybe. And uh, yes, sir. Not being able to to get days off of work, so we're just going to fly out and uh, rent a car. Uh, that's going to make it a whole lot easier. Oh yeah, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy doing that, and looking forward to being there. So, 
uh, I I do have a question just to kind of get us started. Is is uh, yes, of sir. course, of course, I know you. I've I've met you. I've seen you, and I've seen pictures of your fiance. So, how did you pull that off? It's still the question of the. Uh, it's still the question of. I was gonna say the century, but we haven't been that long. But I still have yet to figure that out. I've just been praying every day that the Lord would keep the blinders over her eyes. Until just after go next with Saturday. it. <laughs> just so. go with it and 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 hope you get through Saturday, right? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> no, I I kid. Uh, but uh, yes, you uh, you have done very well for yourself. You know that that saying sometimes they say you outkicked your coverage, and uh, <laughs> yes, so sir. we're we're excited for you guys and. And uh, I, I heard a little bit of the conversation earlier you was having with Elsie, and we know uh, there's going to be a lot of people there. So I'm hoping to get to meet, uh, to see you and to meet her uh, in that big oh, crowd absolutely. there. So, uh, nah, we'll, we'll make sure that happens. Somebody's yeah. going to fly all the way from Georgia. They ain't going to come and, and not meet the bride. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Yeah. I know you didn't come to see the groom, so this is this is so true. I'm glad you're aware of that. <laughs> now I've I've met Lauren one one time. Um, got to hang out with her for a little bit, way before y'all happened. Uh, and I, yes, that um, was way before we happened. Although I knew it was going to happen, I'm I'm still claiming that. Uh, but yeah, I've met her. I really love her. She's a really sweet girl. So I'm excited. I'm excited for y'all. I would have to agree with you. I'm not sure how how this happened either, but you know. Well, miracles do <laughs> as, still happen. Yeah, as, that, this as, is uh, true. As the listeners might be picking up on there, there's a lot of picking at one another uh, between, especially between I the waited, two of you guys. Yes, I waited my whole life for a brother, so you know, I got to make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, the Lord is cruel sometimes as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know we had we had some listeners uh, give us some questions, and uh, one of those one of those questions was about marriage, and uh, and it was just there was several uh, uh, subcategories in that marriage, but uh, we just we're headed to your wedding, and uh, and we know that 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 if anybody is has uh done their homework i guess you could say done their their study on biblical marriage and uh before jumping into it it was you and uh, so i said hey what a better time to uh to do a podcast on marriage than when we're fixing to go to the wedding of a godly couple and uh and just kind of talk about those things that that marriage is meant to be and um so I I just kind of start with a question to you that, you know, so many people, um, I mean, every day uh, in, you know, all parts of the world, people are getting married, but very, very few are doing it um, God's way. And uh, so, you know, as, as you was, uh, you know, going through the, the process of, of dating and um, the process of, of com- becoming engaged and now fixing to be married, uh, you know, what was some of the things that you that you made sure was on your checklist to uh, to do things the correct way? Well, let me let me start by saying this. Uh, I have been taught and raised my whole life that I believe is true, and what I know uh, what I know is true 
not just for me, I believe it's true for everyone, is that uh, the mar- marriage, who you choose to be your spouse, who you choose to, to come into that holy matrimony with, and it's, it's more than just, hey, saying, hey, let's, uh, let's try this out and let's, let's be together and let's, let's get married. It's more than just a thing that you do in life. It's more than just a, a stepping stone in life. A lot of people see it as a, as a milestone, and it is a milestone, but in the spiritual realm, it's so much more than that because, you see, marriage... Picking a spouse is the second most important decision you will make in your life. The first, obviously, being to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That is the most important decision you'll ever make. Second to none is who you choose and who you decide to marry because of this. Every sing- we know that every single one of us, you may not be called in the full-time ministry, but God has a call for each and every individual. God's got a specific gift, a specific calling that he puts on that individual. And most people think, well, that means that uh, you're a preacher, you're saying everybody's called in the ministry. Well, we want to label ministry as an evangelist or a missionary or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or somebody who's leading worship or singing on the platform. But if you look into the New Testament, you look into the Gospel, every single, um, every single, every single, every single part of ministry was done by the entire church. It was done by everyone, and everybody had a part to play, no matter what uh, facet of ministry that that might be. So with that being said, every single born again believer has a destiny that they must fulfill and they're going to stand on judgment day. They're going to give account on what they did with what God gave them and what God commanded from them. There's going to be a lot that stand before him and, and say, well, I did this and I did this and I did this. And the Bible says that Jesus said, there'll be many that stand before me and say, we cast out demons in your name. But the Bible says, Jesus said, my father's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Why? Because you didn't seek my face. You didn't do what I called you to do. With all that being said, the most important thing in your life is after salvation is that you fulfill the call of God for your life. Now, the call of God for your life is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than mm-hmm. Brother Shane's or Sister Elsie's or Pastor or whatever. Yeah. It's it's unique calling specifically designed for you that, and I'll add this, no one else in this world can do it. You are the only one. You can say, well, somebody else can do it. No, this calling was designed specifically for you by the Creator, just like there's never going to be another Stephen Taylor just like me. There's never going to be another Elsie Breeden. There's never going to be another Shane Breeden because no one is ever going to be just like you. The same is for our calling. God gives us that specific calling. So with that being said, let me say this. When it comes to marriage, your spouse, whether it be your husband or your wife, will either do one of two things. It will make or it will break your ministry. It will make or it will break your entire ministry, whatever it is you're called to do. That that help me that God calls it in the in the Old Testament. It was that word help me means literally to be a help. A help to what? A help to what God had tasked Adam with. Before Eve came along, God tasked Adam as a keeper of the garden. He put on him specific instructions. He gave him a job. He gave him a ministry, as you would call it, before there was even anybody else on the planet. And the second thing that he did was after he gave, uh, after he gave Adam that job, the second thing he did was he created him a helpmeet to help him in the call and what God had put him on this earth to do. So with that being said, the woman is... is exactly and is specifically designed for that man 
so much that the Bible says that he took and he made her out of man. He didn't just make her from the ground like he made Adam, but he made her from Adam. Yeah. The reason he did that was because they are now entwined. They're one. That's why the, you know, that's why, why we say when one flesh, uh, that two flesh had become one. And the reason that you should take marriage so seriously in that spouse is because it'll make or break your ministry. But not only that, I believe that there is a permissive will of God and that there's a perfect will of God. I believe that if there is a perfect will of God that God has specifically designed for you like we were talking about. But I know that there are times that people don't give in to God's will. They want it their way. They want what they want. They want how they want it. And sometimes, and this is a dangerous place to be in, but God will give in to your will. God will give in to the will of man, to your will, because you're too stubborn and you want to back down on what you're doing. And God will give in to that will. And when you do that, you step into God says, well, this isn't what I wanted you to do, but I'll allow you to do it because I'm not going to override your own will. Yeah. And so when that happens, if you make that decision outside of the will of God, marriage is so sacred to God that what was not the will of God now becomes the will of God once you make that commitment and you make that vow before God. What wasn't the will of God now becomes the will. It's the only time that I can see where what God originally had planned for you now becomes his plan because of the importance of that commitment, of that vow. So with that being said, I believe there is no other greater decision in your life than to choose and make the decision of who is going to be that help me, whether for the girl or whether for the guy, because they work together. Now they work together to form one purpose, and that's the purpose of whatever God has designed for them. And that's something that you can't back out of. If I decide, hey, it's the will of God for me to go to Oklahoma, and God intended for me to go to Tennessee. Guess what? God can slap me upside the head, and in three months I can realize what I do, and I can, I, can, I can pack my bags, and I can get away from there just like God did several times. How many times did he speak to his people, say, that isn't where I wanted to send you? They had to pack their bags. They had to move to where God was telling them to go in the first place. In marriage, you can't do that. You can't make that commitment and make that vow, marry somebody, and then realize, hey, this, this wasn't the one, so I'm going to know now it becomes the will of God, but you now have to live in the permissive will of God. So that is why I tell young people all the time, be careful what counsel you take when deciding who your spouse is going to be. Be careful. Watch out for any and all red flags, because this is going to be the second most important decision of your life. Absolutely. And I, I think we, I mean, we can see, uh, you know, way too often um, examples of kind of what you were saying is that that one one person and we hear it sometimes uh, you know called unequally yoked but one person kind of pulls the other person away instead of working together uh, in in with a common purpose and, and that common purpose should be the same for everyone and that's to glorify the father um, but, but yeah I, you know as as we was preparing to come on tonight and talk uh that was the one question i kind of had to kind of get get us going um and that was you you kind of went a different direction than i'd even thought but um yeah when you look at it from the ministry 
uh, and from the calling perspective, uh, then uh, yeah, that th- there's there's so much at stake, and you've got to. Uh, you know, the question being, what things did you make sure to check off your checklist? And, um, I mean, it, what I heard was the ministry. And is this going to is this going to allow both of us, not, not just one of us, but both of us, to, to go the direction that the Lord's laid, you know, for us and called us into? I think yes, there's, a, there's a permanence in, in the biblical perspective of marriage. Um, that doesn't exist in the in the secular world. Just the, just the the thing, and you you kind of mentioned it that once you marry someone, if you have that biblical perspective, it's not something that three months later you can decide. Oh well, this was you know I want to do something different now. If you enter it with that biblical mindset of this this is permanent, mm-hmm. we're in this for better or worse. We're in this when we don't like each other that day. We're in this. When my feelings are hurt, we're in this when things are great. We're in this when things are not so great. When you enter, yeah. when you enter with that mindset, there it, it it puts a permanence on it, which makes the decision greater than the the nonchalant. Well, let's just try this out for a minute and see if we like it or not. Um, the the biblical perspective of it puts a permanence on that decision. Um, and then the other thing I thought of while you were talking was that just the importance of when you when you're choosing someone, what is that person going to do with your relationship with God? Are they going to push you towards God and and speak the truth of His Word and and challenge you to grow and and challenge you spiritually, or are they going to pat you on the back and say, "Oh, well, it's not that important anyways. You don't really have to do all that stuff." And, exactly. and kind of pull you away. Um, I think in in a biblical perspective of a marriage, that that is so important to have someone that's going to challenge you, um, even on the days when you want to slack, but but challenge you to to grow in God and to grow closer to Him. Yes, yes, exactly what you said. Think of it this way: It's like God takes when God takes a man and a woman and decides to bring them together in unity to bring them together as one what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to take the strengths of that man and the strengths of that woman Mm -hmm. and he's wanting to strengthen the strengths that are already there but he's also wanting to bring balance to the weaknesses because i'm going to tell you one thing that i love most about my fiance about to be my wife in seven days one thing i love most about her is she balances me out my strengths are her weaknesses. My weaknesses are her strengths. And already in the two years that we've been together, I can't tell you how many times we have left somewhere or she sent something that I did not sense, and she's told me, hey, why did you do that? I can't, can you, in, in a humble way, but just like, do you not see how she's helped me in my strengths and in my weaknesses? I've helped her in those. So in God's way, he's got somebody specifically designed because he knows exactly where your weaknesses are. He knows exactly what you need to be balanced in. So it's almost like God is saying, here's his, uh, let, let, let's say it's a number. So God numbers, you say, hey, he's, he's an eight, and she's, she's, she's an eight in this area, and she's a you know, seven in this area. I'm going to bring them two together, and I want their numbers to climb. What happens when you don't seek God and you don't get the right one and you make the bad decision? What happens is your numbers don't grow, but your numbers can actually subtract. 
You right. need to get you a spouse that will add to your ministry, that'll add to your life. Even if you say, well, you're talking a lot about ministry. I'm sorry, I'm a preacher. It's a form of habit. <laughs> but let's, let's, just, let's just take away ministry. Let's just take away daily, daily life. You need to have somebody that adds to your life. If you struggle with depression, you don't need nobody that's depressed. Right. If you struggle with seeing the positive, with seeing, seeing the positive you don't need somebody who's got a negative mindset. You, you need somebody that's going to balance you out. It's not, it's not good for somebody. And I'm not saying that all of your strengths have to be her weaknesses and all of your weaknesses have to be her strengths. But when you see a major thing that they battle the same thing you battle with, they got the same negative attitude you got, there's no numbers going to combine there. God's, God's not pulling that together because the whole point of putting a help meet was to help that man flourish, to help him grow, to help her flourish, to help her grow. And if you pick the wrong one, you're going to end up going the opposite direction. And that brings up the 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 balancing and everything is we have to, as individuals, be humble in those situations and be willing to submit to the strengths of the other. Um, because, where, like you said, where one is weak, the other is strong. But we have to make sure yes. that pride doesn't get in the way of those situations when when our spouse does say, hey, does check us, you know, and say, hey, what what's going on here? We have to make sure that we stay humble in those situations and submit one to the other, as the Bible says. And because if we don't, we're we're still missing the point. We're, you know, we're not growing together if we're not humble in those in those checkpoint situations. Yeah, exactly. I was just counseled earlier yesterday uh, that in marriage and talking about future future marriage problems the number one probably one of the worst things you can do in marriage is get defensive whenever that spouse in a in a humble way points out an error or points out a a lack of judgment and and when when they say hey why'd you do this or questioning your motive on this the worst thing you can do is get defensive and let that pride seep up that hey why are you questioning me why are you thinking about why are you always reading into this but you want to grow. If you want to grow and you want to become better, as we all should, it's going to take, like you said, that humble spirit that says, okay, I'm open to see where I was wrong and to learn from it. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you, you kind of brought up that point of uh, that, you know, we, we do tend to sometimes gravitate to talking about ministry. Um, but, of course, you know, most of, of our listeners are, are not going to be behind a pulpit. But um looking at, at marriage just just for the you know the person that's not involved actually you know in ministry in the church or uh but the the believer um that is that is just your common couple out there and i think um i guess the best way that i could say it is is placement um knowing that that you have there's there's a man there's a woman but then there's god and you've got to maintain the placement and that that starts obviously we know with with god at at the head uh with the man and then with the woman and in doing so the you know the verses that that get quoted quite a bit about you know uh love love your wife as christ love the church and and how wives should treat their husband but if you ever get the placement off then then right. there then that will never it never works um and and like you know, i said that's that's just something for for any couple is uh you know you see i think 
if I ain't mistaken, I think I heard recently divorce rates are like at 75%. And if we look, if we look around, uh, you know, at, at, at statistics and stuff, we can almost, uh, uh, balance those out with with your your believers and with your non-believers and and not to try to pick on on anyone but i think anything we do without god uh in the center of it um is is doomed is is bound for failure uh but when we do anything even within the the believer's home when we do anything and we get the placement out of order and put you know there there could be a tendency to put the man the woman together as a couple and and them try to place themselves above god and make the decisions and do things as a couple and you think well that's great you know you're you're working together but you're out of placement therefore you're you're still bound for failure Uh, but if you've if you've got god at the top you've got the man being the man that God called him to be in the marriage, and the woman being the woman, then um, then you're bound uh, at that point not for failure, but for success and for glorifying God through all that you're doing. And that brings up yes, the, the the thought that uh, I mean we we've talked about how like approaching marriage and choosing someone, but for the listeners who are already in, maybe you're already married, and you're thinking, well, now what do I do? You know, what what if what they're saying, what if I missed it? Now what do I do? But the thing is, it's not hopeless. It's just, And, it, and this, no, the same thing applies of choosing someone as if you're already married. Put God first. Mm-hmm. Your allegiance, whether you're a husband or a wife, your allegiance needs to be to God first. And when your allegiance yes. is to Him first then how you treat your spouse is going to reflect that you are first, uh, what's the word? I'm looking for a word. I give up. Um, <laughs> you're ob- not obligated, but you're responsible to him. Like you're, you're first, you first answer to God. Yeah. And, and that will show up in how you treat your spouse. So even if you're already in a marriage, don't start saying, "Well, maybe I did it wrong or whatever." Don't 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 go down that what if trail, yeah. but say, "What can I do now? What can I do in this to make it better? How can I glorify God in my marriage? What can I do to to strengthen our relationship? What can I do to help my spouse pull closer to God? How can I handle things to to make this better and to glorify God?" together in what we already have and strengthen what we already have exactly exactly no i i love that and as far as like marriage advice um already in it obviously i can't offer very much on that end because uh you know maybe in a couple years we'll have another podcast and then i'll be able to talk about from that end of the spectrum but (laughs) as of right now uh, all i can offer on that is everything that i've been yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> I might be singing a different tune here later. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Maybe next no, next time we'll I have would, Lauren on. That's a great idea. Let's <laughs> yeah, do sure. that. Yeah. That, that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually probably would be a wise choice. <laughs> no, no I, but uh, back to what you said about what you look for, what are some things to take in consideration. I would say that one of the things, if you're if you're looking and you're just not sure, maybe you're in that stage, if any of our listeners are in that stage of 
from, you know, this person I'm considering and I just don't know. And we always say, well, don't ignore. I will always, always say this. Do not ignore red flags. Don't mm-hmm. ignore. Don't just put them off to the side because, oh, you know, he's the perfect man or she's so beautiful or he's so talented. Don't ignore red flags when you see them. I know a lot of young people that have gotten in trouble because they, and they've told me, I ignored them in the beginning because this is what I wanted. If you see red flags, don't ignore them. Now, obviously, you're not going to meet a perfect human being. I also know those that can't hang in a relationship because they're they're waiting on the perfect person. Well, I'm sorry, Jesus is not on this earth anymore except for in us vessels that are still made of flesh and still human. Yes. We're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to get prideful. We're still going to be selfish. We're still going to be, you know, but if it's somebody that still has those problems but has a humble spirit, going back to that humbleness because that's all what it comes down to, if I can recognize that, hey, I'm make, I've made mistakes, but I'm trying to grow through my mistakes. Do they learn from their mistakes? Do they repeat the offenses, or do they recognize when I've done wrong, correct it, and hopefully they're making less of them? And as far as a spouse for a woman and for a man, one strong thing that I would say to look at is how they act when they're around their family. Because there's a lot of people that can put on a really good show. They can put on a good face when they're, when they're in church or when they're around his family or they're around her family. But how do they act when they're around their family? More specifically, if it's a yeah. girl, you watch how she treats her daddy. If she doesn't have a problem mouthing off to her dad and she doesn't have a problem disrespecting her dad in the home and, 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 and if she doesn't have a problem doing that, don't you think for a second she ain't going to do it to you. That's true. If he if he is if he is very rude with his mother and you just you feel uncomfortable because he doesn't treat his mom very well and he doesn't show very much love and grace and just real hard and real stern and doesn't don't you think he's gonna treat you any different? Mm-hmm. I know man, you may be thinking right now, well he no, that's not how he treats me. Of course that's not how he treats you right now. He's got his game face on. She's got her game face on and it's gonna stay on. But every single marriage you're going to have that they're going to put their best foot forward in the dating phase, in the engagement stage. But if you want to know what it's going to look like after five years of marriage, after a year of marriage, after 10 years of marriage, look at how they treat the people around them, more specifically how they treat their parents. That is going to show you how they're going to treat you. One of the things I love most about Lauren, Lauren is a... Lauren is one of the most unselfish people, probably the most unselfish person I've ever met in my life. She can't sit down at a table without cleaning it off, without picking up other people's plates. And she, and, and she doesn't just do it for show. I went to her house. We ate dinner with her family, and she's doing it for her parents. She's mm-hmm. grabbing a broom. She's cleaning stuff up. She's serving her dad tea. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying, guys, get a girl that's going to serve you, but I'm saying that's her character. And yeah. it, it didn't just show at a youth rally, you know, when, when she's got her game face on, she's putting her best foot forward. It showed at home what she was raised in, where she's the most comfortable. And it showed me right there. This isn't just a show she's putting on. This is the true character of who she is, how she was when she was around her family. That's true. And, and you, you mentioned the red flags and, and not ignoring them. And uh, it reminded me of, of, of some, another message I once heard about marriage and how, people see the red flags and and think well i can change that i'll, mm-hmm. I'll change that person thinking. and you know I'll, I'll take care of that issue and then once again that goes back to who can change somebody 
it's that that comes back to Jesus. And if if he's not involved in in the in the marriage, if you're skipping and or got your placement out of place, you're not going to change that person, that man or that woman. Um, so no. it, it comes back to making sure that that whoever you're you're marrying, the spouse or or the or the the husband or the wife, uh, just making sure they're committed to to God, and and above all else, and then. It, it makes it a whole lot, you know, I, I told Elsie before, I said, you, you know, in, in relationships and marriage, the, the one thing that I, that I can know is always guaranteed is that from time to time we're going to kind of fail each other because we're not perfect. But as long as we're yeah. trying to please God, we don't let that, we don't let that roll on. We don't let it build um, because it's, it's not, you know, it's not between me and her; it's between me and God. And so, when I if I fail her, I failed him. And uh, and that's that's a that's a strong um, motivator. A motivator, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the um, I know we we gotta go soon, but I think one of the the best pieces of marriage advice um, came after we were married a few months and we were standing in our kitchen and just having a conversation and Shane started saying something about how we treat each other as husband and wife should be nothing less than how we would treat a brother and sister in Christ because first of all we are his children so if we would not speak in a way in a derogatory tone or if we wouldn't give the silent treatment or you know any anything like that if we wouldn't do that to somebody in our church then we should never do it to our spouse um and just having that that idea of this person yes i'm married to them but that doesn't give me license to treat them like anything less than my brother or my sister in christ because first and foremost they are made in the image of god and they deserve that respect um so I think that that has that was my my best piece of marriage advice from my husband. Um, and, and <laughs> one that just came uh, came to mind too was one that me and you both heard was uh, they said a, a, a man and a woman, a, a husband and a wife should be two people doing their very best every day to help each other get to heaven. And and if you're doing yes. that, then you're not you're not trying to provoke mm-hmm. anger. You're not trying to cause hurt. You're not trying to cause jealousy. You're doing your best to help that other person get to heaven. And if they're treating you that same way. Um, and again, that goes back to the humility and submitting one to the other and, and preferring the other above yourself. Yeah. Goes back to all of those principles. Yes. Um, yes. We're, we're getting really close on time. Uh, and I don't know if this is a secret. So if it is, just say I, I can't. I can't divulge yet, but uh, where, where's the honeymoon going to be? It's actually going to be in California. California. So we're going to, um, yeah, we're going to California. I forgot to mention, that's where I'm from. I was born and raised in California. Haven't always lived in Texas. Born and raised in California. Graduated high school there. Went to Bible school where I spoke about earlier for two years. And then uh, was a full-time evangelist for uh, just under a year. And then I moved here to Tyler, Texas, to help uh, uh, help in this church and serve in this church. Since we've been here, me and my pastor have started a, a Bible school, and we are 
coming to the end of our uh, second year program. So that's that's my full time job. I forgot to mention that's where I where I work, Harvest Time School of Ministry at Harvest Time Church in Tyler, Texas. So that's my full time job. I'm a full time teacher in the school, uh, dorm leader over the guys, and uh, you know take the school travel and uh, take them on tour. We actually just got back a week ago from a two and a half week tour. So that's and then in the summertime I evangelize. But um, what we're going to be doing this summer is, I mean, this this uh, uh, here in a couple weeks for our honeymoon, here in a week for our honeymoon, we're going back out to California, and I've uh, rented a rented a beach house in Santa Cruz for the first few days, and then we're going up to the mountains up close to Yosemite National Park. My family owns a cabin up in the mountains with a few hundred acres, and it's a nice nice big cabin up there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go up there and just relax, fish a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, take a, take a motorcycle up there, ride some trails, drive over to, um, drive over to Yosemite maybe one day and, uh, just go, go sightseeing. And then that's how we'll end it. We'll come back home. I think we're going to have dinner with my family in California who will then be back from, uh, from a week vacation after the wedding. Um, my, my extended family, my grandma, grandpa, aunts and everything. I think we're going to have dinner with them the night before we fly back home. And then three days after we get home, we are, we are home for three days and then we take the school of ministry and we will be going hitting the mission field and we'll be, uh, we'll be in Honduras, uh, on a, on a missions trip, preaching crusades and doing kids crusades, uh, for a week in Honduras, three days after we get back from the honeymoon. So now, do, you, do you have any plans for all your spare time? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm trying to squeeze it in, you know, trying to trying to trying to fill up the rest of the calendar. You know, there's yeah. only uh, I I think I, I looked on the calendar yesterday. I think I have a few uh, a few minutes available um, <laughs> in, in in 2022. And so, it, it sounds like it, but uh, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's great, and you and you're doing you're doing uh great things down there we're we're very proud to to call you friend and uh very proud of what you what you've accomplished at the school what you're fixing to uh accomplish uh as far as this next step in, what he's in trying life. to say is you're getting married to lauren so we expect bigger and better things now that's what <laughs> yeah. that's what he's trying to say yeah. so it only well, goes up from I have here no doubt bigger and better is coming with uh, with a woman of this caliber so i'll uh i'll just tell you i'm uh we're very thankful to have had you on uh today and uh hope to get you back on on other topics and stuff along the way and then I'm going to kind of back yes, out sir. and let Elsie have the parting shot as we close the podcast out. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> I get to say whatever I, I want won't. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just no. thank you for agreeing to this. I know it's been crazy for you this week and uh, leading up to your wedding and getting everything in in line for that. I know you're excited, but you're crazy busy. So we appreciate you uh, finding those extra three minutes <laughs> on your calendar, <laughs> uh, and coming on here and doing it. And I'm super excited for you guys. I'm very proud of you. Um, I got to see you before all of this, um, and kind of watch you most of the time from afar, but still kind of watch you, um, grow in, in your, in your relationship and grow with, with God and the ministry that he has you in. So I'm super proud of you. And um, I can't wait to see you get married. All right. <laughs> well, 
Thank you, guys. I want to say it's been an honor being with you guys. It was it was a lot of fun, and um, I look forward to doing it again maybe someday. Would love to, and uh, thank you guys so much for uh, asking me. It was an honor, privilege to be with you guys, and look forward to seeing you guys here in, a, here in about a week here in Texas. All right. All right, we'll come slowly. You'll excuse me if I don't. You'll you'll excuse me if I don't stick around super late that evening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forgive yeah. you this once, considering the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So we'll we're gonna plan on seeing you next Saturday, and then uh, and we'll we'll try to plan future uh, times to get together and future times to have you here with us. So, uh, but we appreciate. That sounds it. good. And to all the to all the listeners out there, thank you guys for joining us and. Uh, uh, you guys keep tuning in. You're going to hear some good stuff on here. Very good people, uh, very good man and woman of God that know what they're talking about. And uh, if you'll listen and give them their ear, I know that they're going to help you under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So you guys keep tuning in, keep doing what you're doing, and we will be praying for you. All right, and we thank you for that and just encourage everybody to keep Jesus center stage in your life. <laughs>